Thank you for joining Holy Spirit Living, the podcast that encourages and equips believers to live each moment intentionally to bring glory to God and build His kingdom. Hey guys, it's Joe and Amanda. Tonight we are going to be talking about the renewed mind. I'm pretty excited about this. So tonight I want to start off and of course, we're going to have to start off in Romans 12, too, because it talks about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah. So you're proving the acceptable and perfect will of God through a transformed mind. Yes. So what is the will of God? If we're going to be proving the will of God and that he's perfect and acceptable, what is his will? Well, let's look at Matthew 6, verse 10. It says, Jesus says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, because they ask him, how do we pray? And he says, this is how you pray. Right. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is his perfect will? Well, his perfect will is that everything on earth is done as it is in heaven. When we think about what's in heaven, we know that every that everything is perfect. People are healed in heaven. There's no sickness. Right. There's joy, there's no tears, you know, there's no sorrow. When we look at what is available to us in heaven, heaven is the perfection. Right. His perfect will is for earth to be as heaven is. And that's how he created things really in the garden. When we go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. When we get back into this renewed mind, it proves or manifests the will of God. Right, right. And that's pretty awesome to think about. Right. Yeah, well, I think your Romans 12, too, that you were speaking about, it, it was an intentional decision to transform into the way we think, right? Yeah. And then you're coming up and you're saying, Our Father who art in heaven, right? Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. I think we need to grab every thought captive. I think Paul writes about that in Second Corinthians captivating our thoughts because what happens is we get indoctrinated with what the world has for us and we start to believe the way the world is and we think that it's just natural for us to have illness sickness right it it becomes the norm because that's what life has been about and so that's the importance of renewing our mind because now we have to think differently we have to look at things with spiritual eyes yeah Second Corinthians ten five, um, Paul's saying, "Hey, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ." Wow, that's pretty good. So when you're trying to prove the perfect will of God, and obviously a renewed mind proves that it manifests the will of God, let's talk a little bit more about what that manifestation looks like. Well, obviously we're going to see mere miracles happen the miraculous we're going to see supernatural things happening right yes because our mind is now being aligned with his will on earth as it is in heaven 
bringing healing to the body, bringing perfection and wholeness to the body. And I think that a lot of times we go back to the gift of faith. And it really is the the gift of faith that sees the miraculous, that sees the manifestation of the miraculous. I mean, it even tells us in Galatians 5, verse 6, that it's it works through love. Everything works through love. It comes through love. The love that we have for him and the love that we have for humanity because of him helps to drive that faith. You know, we want to see people made whole. We want to see people well. And this biblical faith, it, it always points us to the source of faith, which is God himself. Everything comes back to him. We have Rick Wright that comes sometimes to the church. And, you know, when he, everybody does healing different and the anointing flows differently through each person because each person right. has their own unique partnership with Holy Spirit. And I know for him, when he prays over somebody, he goes back to the biblical example that Jesus led, which was, I do what I see my father do. So he's always got his eyes on the father and doing what the father shows him or what Jesus shows him in heaven. And he just comes into cooperation with that here on earth. Right. He's coming in agreement with that. Right. And it's the faith, though, to know we can have faith in a lot of things. And faith, it's a belief. It's a trusting. I've heard you use this analogy, and I've heard it other places before, like we can sit down in a chair and trust it to hold us up and not think twice. And I believe that maybe at first, like let's say a little child that's just learning to walk and sit in a chair may not trust it that much at first. Maybe they will because they have childlike faith. But let's say you're sitting in something for the first time and you're not sure you might not trust it as much but the more that you frequent that chair the trust grows and i just want to say to people out there that the more that you partner with holy spirit your trust is going to grow you're going to learn how to move with him you're going to learn how to trust him and you're going to know that he's there and that you know he's coming through for you when we learn how to skate or ride a bike for the first time you know, the first few times we're a little bit wobbly at it, but the more that we try it, we become better at it. Right. Before you know it, you're riding the bike without the training wheels. The training wheels. There mm-hmm. you go. So you're riding the bike without the training wheels. If you're skating, you begin to start skating and there your balance grows. And that's what happens when we're in collaboration with Holy Spirit. And so what happens is through that, as you begin to grow in the flow of Holy Spirit, you start to see the greater anointing that comes. I think that a lot of times, I don't know, I believe that maybe a lot of believers or or so-called Christians don't see stuff happening because they're embarrassed to try it, and, and they never try it. But if they start to try it, and then all of a sudden see something or try praying for some healing with expectancy that it's going to be healed. And once you do that, okay, so maybe the first time you didn't see it, maybe the second time you didn't see it, but maybe the third time you did see it a little bit. I know that we teach people that, to hear in the voice of God. And yes. and I always say, tune in and continue to listen. 
continually getting on that bike and riding and riding and riding before you're taking the training wheels off by sitting in that hammock and trusting that it ain't going to fall on you. That's right. And after so many times of sitting in that hammock, it just becomes natural. Like, okay, now I'm going to lay down in it. I'm going to swing in it. It's going to be fun. Right. And I like that there are certain ways that that hammock works, right? Mm -hmm. And as we're learning to get in and out of it, we may fall and just learning how it works, how it moves, and how we need to get in and out of it. And we learn that through that partnership, yeah, yeah. and the yeah. flowing. And you know, when we talk about God's will and proving God's perfect will, well, the outcome of a renewed mind is that it can display the will of God. So if I'm walking in a renewed mind, I'm displaying the will of God here on earth. I'm bringing heaven to earth. And the actual word uh, for that in Romans 12 is to prove the will of God. What it means, the definition of that is approve. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're coming into agreement. It means that you're evaluating thoroughly and proving that it's genuine through what you're doing. Look at it through the eyes of like a good example is like if you were to take a gemstone to a jeweler and you have them appraise it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I could tell you that this gemstone is a real diamond. Right. But you want to take it and get it approved as a genuine. And so basically when things align with the truth of the scripture of God and his will, then you're going to see the genuine manifestation of a renewed mind and his will being done here. The fruit has to be there. And it's not for somebody to judge someone else, but it's like to to judge your own self, like where you're at and wh- how much more you need to submit to Holy Spirit in those areas. Right. You know, um, it, it's funny. I started thinking about Isaiah. Isaiah 55, 8, 8 and 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. You right. know this one, right? Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord, as heavens are higher than the earth. And my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I believe that that's so true. Right. But after you've partnershiped with the Holy Spirit, eventually that becomes closer and closer in line with the Scripture starts to... um, Right. And you start to build a relationship with God. And to be honest, that's what it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I love the fact that we're going to come more into alignment. And I used this example just the other day about being uh, at a chiropractor and bringing uh, your spine into alignment. So you may have a disc or something that's a little off and your back, not everything's perfectly aligned. But when we come into perfect alignment, we're more flexible. There's no pain. Everything flows easier. Right. And that's exactly what we're doing in becoming transformed by the renewing of our mind it's not by us it's by just our submission to align ourselves with his perfect will right and doing that then he brings transformation and i want to talk about thinking bigger thinking with the renewed mind not just your logical mind it really calls us to live by a different standard What I mean by that is we have, just like you said, we've had this way that's been 
there's a way that seems right to a man, right. right? Right. And so we've had this way that we've been going, that we've been doing, that we've been pressing in for our whole life, maybe even being raised in church and thinking we are doing the right thing and we're even in the will of God. But when we come to God and we totally surrender, we have to begin to see things the way that it is. And in the kingdom, it's totally different. Right. I mean, in the kingdom, the smallest is the greatest. The least is the best or the first or whatever. The the first is the last. The last is the first. Everything is, is flip-flopped from mm-hmm. our world. It's a whole different perspective. And we see that in, you know, just everything that Jesus presented. Right. Everything that, that he demonstrated in the Bible, the miracles that he did, you know, turning water into wine. Right. You know, it just it didn't make sense to people logically how that can happen but with a renewed mind you know that it's greater we're not we are not bound to natural laws when we are citizens of a different kingdom the kingdom of heaven right right so we're we have access there i love the story where um the boy had went with his fish and his bread and they're out there, and Jesus is speaking, and there's the multitude of people, and they're hungry. And Jesus takes, you know, just a few uh, fish and, and loaves of bread and multiplies it to feed not only all of the uh, multitude of people there, but also their wives and children, because it only lists the men in the scripture that, that was there, but how many of them had their, their wives or kids, maybe. Right. And they even brought back extra you know, mm-hmm. like it, there was still leftovers that was abundance that that probably that boy was able to take home to his family now. And he was blessed for giving and it right. multiplied. And we see this throughout scripture that Jesus demonstrates uh, the the nature or the super nature, I want to say, of the kingdom of heaven. Right. You know, and and bringing that here, his will being done here, and I believe it all it all comes through the blessing, and um, when we bless something here, we transfer it from this kingdom to the heavenly kingdom, right? And multiplication happens through that. It's a different government, right? We no longer are just seated here, but we're seated in heavenly places. Right. You know, it says that when we die, we go to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. So think about this. When you give your life to Christ, you're dying to your old self. You're dying to your old self. You're and it says, into heavenly places. right, you're it says that we're them. seated in heavenly places. Why yeah. are we seated there? Because we've already died spiritually to ourselves. Amen. So we're, we already have access to heaven here. The problem is a lot of people don't understand it. They, they don't, don't understand get it. it. And the thing that to, we have to get almost like a, the psalmist heart, you know. I think in 119, 105 or something, it, it says that your word is a, a path to my steps, right? Or your your a word is a lamp for my feet mm-hmm. and a light of my path. Yeah, I yeah. love that scripture. And so to think that way, if we make that word... A lamp for our feet. If we're we're just constantly saturating ourselves in it, we can start to see, and we can start to understand the promises, the principles, the instructions that the Lord gives us, and that's how we step up into the heavenly places. Right. So many people run around not even picking up their Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, I read a, a Bible plan, and it gives me two scriptures a day, 
And, and what kind of saturation is you? What are you doing? How are you renewing your mind like that? I know it starts, but right. man, we got to devour. We got to have buffets. We got to have. Yeah, um, we need to sit down and just yeah. feast on it. Right. Yeah. We live in a different kingdom now, spiritually. We live by dying. We receive by giving. Little is much. Like I was saying, it's kind of opposite. So now our faith has to be for that. Yeah. My faith here might be in the laws of the earth, but my faith for the things of God need to be change. It's going to be different. So mm-hmm. somebody brings me three fishes and, you know, a few loaves of bread, then I can look at that and not be intimidated by it, but have faith that it's going to multiply because it's big once I take in super transpose that into the kingdom once i take that and bless it in the kingdom Mm -hmm. and i can have faith for that because the kingdom works backwards so you look at something little and you say oh this is exciting because look how huge it is because it's the opposite and in the kingdom and i have faith for that and so we need to know what are the laws of this new kingdom i'm living in and Mm -hmm. in order to to know that we have to be renewed, we have to get into the scripture, we have to align ourselves with the truth of God, that faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain because it's from a superior kingdom. Everybody wants um, a king like Jesus and to experience all the wonders, the miraculous of the kingdom. But we're dealing with a lot of people that are hurt and disillusioned, and they want, in their heart of hearts, they want a God who has the heart of a father and the power to help them in their situation. And they do. They just don't realize it. But we have the privilege and the responsibility to manifest that to the world. I really am excited and honored that I get to do that. How many times have we seen people that God has revealed something about something in their body? And man, the faith for that, because we know if he revealed it, he's going to heal it. Yeah, amen. If he told me about something going on in their body, he told me because he wants to heal it. Yeah. And I, all I have to do is just put my hand on them or not. I mean, he could do it without that. But I place my hand on him and just come into agreement with what he's already said and see the healing take place. You can't do that in the natural laws of this earth. Right. But it can only be done through the laws of the kingdom, through heaven. Faith, is, it's not a logical or intellectual matter. It's, it's, it's about trusting God beyond reason, mm-hmm. beyond intelligence, you know, of the earth or whatever you would think. Right. It's beyond that logic, trusting in him even when it seems weird. You know, even when he says, blow in someone's ear and they're going to receive healing. We've seen weird things like that, that it just didn't make sense to us logically. But we trusted in him, and people have received healing. It all stems from a renewed mind. That's right. You'd have never thought like that before. You became a believer, right? Right. It says in Mark 11, 23, with the heart, man believes. And Mm. so your heart is going to take you where your head can't take you. You know the scripture I was thinking of? Proverbs 4, 23, which says, above all else, Guard your heart. Ah, I love it. (laughs) For everything you do flows from it. That's right. Yes. So it's going to take you where your head can't. If you let logic come in 
you'll never step out and trust God beyond reason. Right. You have to you have to have a heart to just say, you know, God, if in your heart you believe, then it's it's going to take you places where logic can't. It's going to take you through trust. We just talked about Peter the other day about stepping out on water. When Peter stepped out, he was at first walking on water with Jesus. It wasn't initially that he began to sink. He actually stepped out and started to walk. Then he started to sink. I think that a lot of us get that way. You know, like we we step out because we have this faith and our heart takes us to a place. But if we let the logic try to come back in, we'll start to sink. Ain't it crazy to think about... Um, what God's doing here, how he's talking about the heart. I mean, there's so right. much emotions that come from the heart. Right. Right. It's like, he says, guard your heart because I mean, there, that's where we get our heart hurt. That's yeah. where we get our, that's where our, you make my heart joyous, you know? And, and so there's so much that goes into us that affects our heart. And yeah, and we, we got to be very careful of what gets in. And I know that, there's things that infiltrate our brain, but our heart is even more, I believe. Right. You know, and thinking about the heart there, the things that we learn by the Spirit through the Scripture, when we have these God encounters, that should create a renewed mind, not a religious one, because it's in those encounters that our heart begins to grow with faith. You know, we really do. And uh, that's why it's so important that our heart is yielded. Right. That we're surrendering our heart. I know in James one twenty one it says, In humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. In humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Faith is the result of surrender, not striving. It's just a surrendering. And it's a normal expression of a believer. To have right. faith. If you're called a believer, you should have faith. Because faith comes from hearing. It tells us that in Romans 10. Faith comes from hearing. So hearing implies that you're having a present tense encounter in relationship with God that's resulting in this faith that you're living out and walking. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that through a renewed mind, it actually enhances our faith and our understanding. I agree. Yeah. Because we understand the nature of God in his world. And it gives a, you know parameters in which faith can function. And it shows God's heartbeat and the things that become a target for our pursuit. Right. And what we want to go after. Man, to, to get that renewed mind like that, to, to think about this can happen, mm-hmm. it takes patience and perseverance. It does. Like I've seen people, I think, that leave churches because they don't have the patience and they're not ready to persevere through their own thoughts. And and a lot of those thoughts is what the world brings to them. Even if it sounds biblical, it's thoughts that's coming from people. Right. Well, you know, I want to say this. I feel like a scripture is like a drop of rain. Yeah. Okay? And it holds so much truth. But... All the scriptures is like an ocean, mm-hmm. and it goes so deep, and it's never ending. It's so overwhelming. Right. And so truth, like you said, 
people get this where they get impatient and they or they think one thing and it's like truth comes in layers you know so um it's it's like an onion that we peel right and it keeps going but i i i it's even greater than that because it's like one scripture is like a drop in the ocean it's powerful but it's meant to be together if that makes sense as a fluid moving motion and and current and the living water you'll find a truth and you discover that truth but you haven't discovered the other truth that's behind that as well and i could read a scripture today and it tells me one thing and god reveals something a truth to me through that but next year i could read that same scripture and have a whole other truth revealed that's deeper it's almost like swimming deeper into the ocean and so you have a lot of people that are maybe just starting to step out into the water right maybe they're surface skimming they haven't even went deep right but think about this so i'm going to think on a diet level because i think a lot of people in this world knows about a diet okay so so you're you're a little kid your mom's giving you chocolate milk and graham crackers and you're just and then you start to graduate to some ho-hos and twinkies and you just start you're constantly feeding your body with sugar right and you start to gain weight and you're getting weight and weight more weight more weight so the world is putting something some twinkies in your mind or ho-hos in your mind so that has happened spiritual junk food yeah forever for a long time and now all of a sudden you have this awakening like, okay, man, God is an amazing God, and he's, he's a miracle worker. But yes. you've been told that he hasn't all of your life. Or, right. wow, you know what? If I don't eat sugar, but I start eating organic, and I start eating the things that's good for me, and right. I start cutting out all that sugar, I'm going to start getting healthy. Right. But you do it for one or two days, and then you're like, It's mm. hard. Yeah. Yeah, I need to go I'm going to go back to the way I used to eat or the way I used to think. Right. But it takes perseverance. And and we just watched a video where this girl was epileptic, she's having seizures and they start to feed her correctly. They said, "Hey, let's try eating with no sugar and all that, right? right. All that junk food." And for the first what 5 days, or three days. I think it was three or five days she yeah. wouldn't eat anything. She was And it like, was just so hard mm-hmm. for her. But then when she started taking it in, things changed. She wasn't even speaking. Right. She was nonverbal autistic. Nonverbal autistic. And then, then all of a sudden she's able to speak. She's yeah. all able to function better and yeah. live differently than what she'd been doing all her life. Right. And But it was hard. At first, but right. she persevered, right, and and she had patience. You're absolutely right. When we began to start living in the kingdom, our flesh wants us to stay in the world. This right. is what you know. This is the world you know. This is easy. You don't have to learn anything new. You don't have to step out and do something different. You can just go with the flow. So it takes time getting used to that and it does take submission it takes dedication to release 
things. But one thing that you have to keep reminding yourself is that you're no longer alive. Right. You got to kill the old man. That's right. You're you're dead the old to is those gone. things. And the new is you're new in Christ. So what you had before, what you treasured before is no longer the same. If your heart is in the right place and you truly have surrendered your heart, and that's what we need to do. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It still doesn't mean that. We might have to fight against the the lust of the flesh on the things that we shouldn't be partaking in or or even just staying complacent and not changing. But if we will press in, we'll begin to see God move in ways that we've never seen. And we begin to release heaven's resources here on earth. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, you talked about the little girl starving for five days. And it's like somebody starving with a full bank account. Right. You know, like there's this wealth of knowledge on the other side. It's like the knowledge is here. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And if you'll just surrender and participate in it, your whole life will be better for it. Right. But here she's on this side, and all she's ever known is goldfish gold crackers, crackers and <laughs> and, and chicken, chicken nuggets. nuggets and French fries. Mm, yeah. And, and she had steak waiting for her. Right. She steak. had steak, <laughs> and she had all this wonderful food that was going to be good for her body. And so looking at that in a spiritual aspect, what are we doing? How are we living? And we need to be putting a demand on God's resources. Yeah. You know, he's He's made them available. He has all the steak we, we can eat. Right. He has all the good, good, wonderful vegetables in the spirit that we could eat. And he calls us to this feast, to the banquet table, and he asks us to partake with them. I think sometimes we we get in a place where, you know, we just, we don't see things happening maybe as quickly as what we'd like, like you said, with the impatience. And sometimes that makes us doubt or give up on things. We become discouraged, but we just need to continue to press in. Sometimes God wants us to be a part of the answer. Right. Or he wants us to cooperate with Holy Spirit to receive an answer. That's God. God's like, I could go do it. I can do anything. But I want you to do it. Yeah, absolutely. You're the hands and feet of me. Exactly. Yeah. And so I I really think that God calls us to cooperate with him. He wants us to. He's not out for just doing everything necessarily for us, although he could do that. He wants a relationship with us. Yes. And sometimes he'll bring us to a place where we have to surrender and cooperate with him to get the answers that because he desires that. He's like, let me teach you. Right. Teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for life. And he wants to teach us. Right. It's not about just giving us like a genie in a bottle, like here's your answer, here's your whatever. Sometimes it's a process because there's a learning behind it. And it's not necessarily even just learning what he has to teach us, but learning how to cooperate with him and how to move with him and really let him flow through us. Right. And use us as a vessel to fulfill his plan. You were talking about being dead to sin, and and I think that's so true that we have to we have to remember that we're dead to our old nature. We're dead to sin, 
And if we think anything otherwise, it's to think outside of the kingdom. Right. And if we want to reap the benefits of God's kingdom, then we have to operate inside the laws of his kingdom. Right. you got to get in tune with them. Right. And I'm sitting here thinking that, like a quarterback, like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. It's like that's the like a dual citizenship. What happens is the receiver gets so good at doing what he does that he gets in tune with the quarterback. The quarterback knows that they got a relationship, right. and it draws them into working together to win games. I'm sitting there thinking the same thing. It's like when we're in relationship with, with Christ, we start functioning like that. Yeah, that's such a good point, and thinking about how Jesus displayed to us how he accessed heavenly realms here on earth, and and he shows us that. I know that he says to us, if we don't understand earthly principles that reflect what's in heaven, how will we ever understand what he tells us of heavenly things that have no earthly parallel? Oh, right. It's John three twelve. Amen. We have to be in this place of understanding principles and how they reflect on what kingdom we're working in. See, we already know, unfortunately, a lot of the principles of this earth. But when we think of the things of heaven, if we don't understand things, if we don't come to him and get an understanding, how can he trust us to tell us and explain heavenly things to us if we don't get into alignment with him? He even um, used natural birth and when to illustrate the principles of the kingdom, the sowing and the reaping. And in the law of sowing and reaping, it's not the highest law, but it does reflect the nature of the kingdom. But blessing is higher than the kingdom law. Because in the law of sowing and reaping, you get according to what you've done. But in the law of blessing, you get according to what God's done. Yes, And that's, that's what we're reaping right now. We reap, we sow, we reap, and then we're trusted with blessing. Yeah. So it's like once you get this principle down, I'm going to give you a heavenly principle. Right. Blessing, which trumps that. It goes above it. It's, it's outside of that. He takes these truths and stacks them like blocks one upon the other. And we start at the bottom and we begin to learn and grow in him. And he brings us from this heart of a servant to this place of intimate friendship with him. That's a beautiful place. It's good to have a servant's heart, but also to be a friend is beautiful. Right. Ephesians, Paul was writing in chapter 4, verse 20, is where it starts. It says, That, however, is not the way life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with the regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of our minds and put on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness." Man, he says, it's the same thing. It's it's the same thing that he was writing in Romans, but he just yeah. said it a little bit different. He says, when you was being taught, when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him accordance to the truth that is in Jesus. Right. 
wow, there's so much truth that's in Jesus, right? Right. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life, right? Yeah. And you were taught with regard of your former way of life to put it off. Put your old self off. Stop thinking that way and start thinking on what you learned about Jesus. Right. He's like, hey. The ways of Jesus. The ways of Jesus. Yeah. Your old self was being corrupted by deceitful desires. Easy way out. To go up and to pray for somebody that needs healing, you're going to have to die to yourself. Oh, yeah. It might not be the easiest thing that you could do. It's going to become so easy if you can get past yourself. Right. Your your desires of, of just being comfortable. Right. He didn't call you to be comfortable. He didn't call you to sit on the couch. Right. He called you to go and make disciples. He did. And how do you do that? Yeah. By displaying him. You've got a good point. Like stepping out and praying for people, that can be a big fear for some people that's never done it. But the more you do it, the more you're going to grow in it and you're going to be seeing the healing of God. And I know some people might pray, you know, 500 prayers before they see their first miracle happen. But you just keep pressing in and keep trusting God and right. keep taking action. And then you, you're going to come to another level that he's going to bring you. Like when somebody's pushed up in front of you that's in a wheelchair, that becomes intimidating sometimes. And it's having to say, this ain't about me. Do I trust God? What's the faith level here? I know God's going to, he can do anything. We're not operating in the laws of earth. We're operating in the laws of the kingdom and taking those risks to step out and say, I'm going to pray anyway. You know, I was going to say exactly what you said. You said it's not about you. And it's funny because I was um, at the store yesterday and I found a Purpose Driven Life book. And I just opened it up to look at it in the very first chapter. It's titled, It's Not About You. Oh, wow. And and it's the whole thing. And while the, the whole time you was talking, before you even said it's not about you, I was thinking, why are we even here on earth? It's not for our own desires. It's not for our own purpose. It's not for our own convenience and comfort. No. God created us for relationships with him. And relationship with him is going to call us out of our comfort zone. It's not right. about us. It's about him. That's it. Stop thinking that it's all about you and get so self-centered that you don't want to renew your mind and do something kingdom-minded. Right. And you're so stuck in this earthly-minded set. Right. And I love the fact that when we step out and take action, that God meets us there. Yeah. And if we just step out, we'll see a miracle released. We see it all the time. I know that God's instructed us to do things before, and it's like, how are we going to make that happen? And it's like, what can I do right now? Like, maybe I don't have the resources, but God has them all. But what can I do right now to show him that I'm all in? I'm ten toes down. Right. And then at that point, I begin to take the acts, the stepping out that I can do. Right. What can I do today? And he'll take the next step. Yeah. And he'll meet us there. He wants to move through me. Right. And sometimes I'll ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I don't hear anything because he just wants me to step out in faith and he'll move through me. Right. I don't have to hear from him necessarily for him to utilize me or to move through me. It's just my submission, my surrender. If you were sitting out in the middle of a lake in a sailboat mm-hmm. and there was no wind, right. would you raise the sail up? Right. <laughs> to maybe catch a little bit of wind. We have to be willing to get up. And raise the sail. Right. The wind will be blowing. 
You might not even see it because you haven't raised the sail yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, and we know that God could answer anything without our involvement, but he chooses to use us. He wants to partner with us. Live to encourage people every day of your life, whether they know the Lord yet, whether they don't, because encouragement brings people closer to destiny. Just remember that every small act of kindness that you can give somebody and encourage somebody else in Christ, even people that are not believers, you'll begin to see a transformation take place in them, a renewed mind. You know, one thing I can say is that the quickest way to give somebody an encounter with God is to love them. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to necessarily condone the way a person's living, but you just love them. Right. You just love them. And you begin to speak truth over them, and you begin to encourage them, and you'll see things begin to shift. He will partner with us to equip other people and bring transformation. That's what he's doing with us every day in school if we just surrender. And as we're teaching people through HSSM, that's what it's about. It's about equipping and bringing transformation to the body of Christ and preparing them for their destiny so that they're ready to carry that mantle. And we do that through encouraging people, through speaking life and truth to them, rebuking the lies and believing the truth. And I just want to encourage everybody in that today to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Surrender. Yes. And if you're not sure how to surrender, practice it. You know, Just practice surrendering with God, just being in his presence and giving up the things that we're trying to hold on to and control. And just ask him to take it and lead you. Yes, yes. I just want to leave it with this. Renewing a believer's mind is essential. It's essential for Christian growth. Yeah. By aligning our thoughts with God's word and replacing worldly influences with biblical truth, we open ourselves to an experience of transformation that we probably could never imagine. And we start living out our faith more effectively by praying with people, by seeing healings take place. That's right. By seeing new life start to sprout. I love you. God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel and like us on all of our social media pages at Holy Spirit Living. We encourage you to look for the gold in others today. Be blessed. But better yet, be a blessing.